from the NFL. If you're Dak Prescott, individual numbers aren't enough anymore. You want to get paid? Win something. To the NBA. Who gives a about the Pelicans if Zion don't play? Across the landscape of college football. There's no such thing as a good loss in the ACC. So if you're Clemson, you better win every game. And so much more. Let's talk some sports, baby. The stories you want. Baseball is back. Basketball is almost back. And football is on the way. You love to see it. The opinions you need. Sports is what this country needs. And I truly, truly believe that. Holla at your boy. It's Jay Wise. It's the drink. It's the beard. And it's the wisdom. I hope you brought pen and paper because class is in session. And Nathan Drinkard. Remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we're going to do. We're going to holler at you until next time, baby. This is A Drink of Wisdom. Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom with Nathan Drinker. I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As a reminder to all our great listeners, we're on Anchor, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. If you're looking for us in the video format, and why wouldn't you? You can find us at the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. Drink, fantastic to be back with you. Like, hey, look, like you said, Jay, why wouldn't you look us up? Why wouldn't you give us a <laughs> shot? You know what I'm saying? But with that said, man, how everything with you? It's going well, man, going well. Got Thought I was, you know, caught up in some nonsense earlier this week, but we got it straightened out and we're back to the grind, you know? Hey, we're a no-nonsense zone. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and get this, uh, get this ready because you know what we're going to do. We're going to see what they don't. We're going to say what they want. It's almost dinner time. Set your plates. And last but not least, let's talk some sports, baby. Let's roll. All right, episode 69. Which NBA player do you want in a do-or-die game seven? We'll give you our picks. Plus the college football preseason poll, the coaches poll, that is, is out. And how about a baseball mascot? Never thought we'd do it, but we have baseball mascot news. We'll break it down for you later. We'll begin with the Los Angeles Lakers, and we're going to go back to what they've done this offseason. They've done a lot. They've lost... I think more than about half the team. They made a big trade for Russell Westbrook. Carmelo Anthony has joined the fray. Dwight Howard's back in town. Uh, but they did lose some key components with um, some of your role players and Alex Caruso and KCP. Uh, Kyle Kuzma gone in that uh, Russell Westbrook trade. And don't forget about guys like Markeith Morris and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, drink, the question is quite simple. Uh, how do you assess the Los Angeles Lakers at this particular moment in time? Are they better um, then do you think they'll wind up better than last year's club, or do you think they're worse off? Um, well, I, to answer the first question, I, I think they'll end the season better. Um, I think as of right now, as you look at it on paper, the team got significantly more older. Um, we got a, we got some players that, um, <laughs> dare I say, you know, the likes of um, Carmelo Anthony, players like that that was once – almost out of the NBA, and then they made their way back in. Um, a lot of players that uh, you could probably consider on the downhill of their career, the Trevor Reasons, the, the uh, Dwight Howards, um, the, even if you want to, you know, Ken Bazemore, like when the last time we really talked about him. Um, however, however, with that said, I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm a, I think about the situation with the glass half full. Now, now in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and act like I wasn't, you know, perplexed when they traded <laughs> for Russell Westbrook. Um, I, I didn't quite understand it at the time. I'm like, 
can't shoot well, knees going bad. You know, he's kind of bad at gauging the temperature of the room. You know, he high energy. I love it, but it's just too – it might be too much because, you know, I thought, do the Lakers got a guy on the team that can, you know, hey, Westbrook, you got to knock it off. But then I thought about it. I said, well, hell, they do got a dude on the team that can tell him to knock it off. And then I thought, you know – Last year, Westbrook, he averaged a triple-double with the Wizards. And, you know, I know it's the Wizards. <laughs> you know, I ain't going to be talking like the Wizards. Something, you know, too crazy. But it's the Wizards. And it's still an NBA team. And he still played the NBA season. And he, he averaged a triple-double. So it got me to thinking. The number one thing with LeBron is this. He's coming in the season, what, 19, 18, 19, one of the two? Um, he's old, man. Let's just call it what it is. LeBron is old. In basketball terms, he's an old man. And you think about his Robin up to this point, AD, he's super brittle. He need a handicap sign. So why not go out and get a guy? What what okay, let me ask you this. What makes a player legendary in, in today's NBA? It's championships, I would one of the first words that come to mind for me. What is the only thing Russell Westbrook really needs to 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 put a, a cap on his Hall of Fame career? Uh, it'd be a ring. He needs a ring, I think. I, I think this is by far the best opportunity Westbrook is going to get. I think he knows that. Um, and when I listened to him in his uh, introductory um, press conference with the Lakers, I, I, I left that press conference thinking, I think this could work. I think this could work. You know why? Because I looked at it like when Dwight Howard came, you know, two years ago, right? Remember, you know, people, oh, Dwight Howard, he's going to come in. Is he humble enough? Will he be a distraction? Will he know how to play his role? And then Dwight Howard came in and played his role. They won a championship. One of many pieces to the championship, but he was one of those guys that people thought he was going to come in there and act a fool. And he didn't. If you give me that from Russell Westbrook, just come and play, oh, this team is better. And I'm just talking about just Westbrook. If he just comes to play, yeah, this team is better. Now, let me ask you this. Which player did the Lakers lose that was better than Russell Westbrook? Oh, that's easy. No, no one. Right. So, with that said, when I look at the key departures, I'm like, I mean <laughs> – they didn't lose anybody that was better than Westbrook. So, I mean, you know you know what I'm saying? Let me, so now you you say to yourself, okay, so that's Westbrook. So what about the Trevor Reasons of the world? What about Kent Bazemore and, and Wayne Ellington and Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn? So here, let me focus on Wayne Ellington, Ken, uh, Malik Monk, and Kendrick Nunn. Go back and look at their shooting percentage and then go back and look at all the players that the Lakers lost and give me three better shooters that the Lakers lost than the three shooters they just signed to the roster. I can't. I don't think I can. So I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> so when you start so when you start breaking this, when you start minimizing it a little bit, so you take it from the overall picture and you start breaking it down into little, like, little boxes, the it, Yes, the Lakers got older, but they they still upgraded in those areas. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, Westbrook is older than Caruso. And he's older than um, Dennis Schroeder. I got that. But he's better than both of those. He's more experienced than both of those. He done done more than both of those guys. So when you tell me the team got older, I can tell you the team got more experience and better if you really want to talk about it. Because let's, let's be real here. From what I've seen out of Schroeder and from what I know about Caruso, I like Caruso a lot. But put both of them together, they ain't adding up to no Westbrook. Let's keep it real. They ain't adding up to no Westbrook. They're just not. And then when you say, oh, well, they gave away. Uh, well, not gave away. They traded away Kyle Kuzma. He was a cornerstone. Of what? What was Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> a cornerstone of what? He got a ring. He the corner. He, right. The <laughs> cornerstone of the corner. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but he, he what, what the hell is he going to complain about? He got a ring. Let's be real here. Any one of those guys that would have got left out of that Anthony Davis deal would have been happy to be the one left out of the Anthony Davis deal. That happened to be Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma got hooked up. He, Yeah, I'm not going to say he didn't do anything during his time with the Lakers, but by God, if he had done more, he wouldn't have got traded this offseason. There's no way the Lakers just going to let prime real estate, young real estate, leave the city just to get back an older player. But that's real. Kyle Kuzma has not cut the cheese. He has not. Then I hear people say, well, KCB, yo, he came up so big in that championship run. He did. I can say the same thing about Adams Caruso. I, I, I could probably say this, some of that to the, the extent to Kyle Kuzma. But, you know, yeah, he did. He did it. <coughs> so what? what? What about him? Well, they might need him. For what? I can get that. What KCP did, I can get that out of trouble reason. Now stop me when I'm lying. I I can get that same what KCP did out of Trevor Reason. And I'm gonna get the experience. And I'm not gonna get some dude that's gonna freeze up and get shaken out of nowhere. So so I'm looking at that. I think that's an upgrade, right? So now the starting five, I think the starting five was it shows something like Westbrook, THT, LeBron, um, AD. They saying AD will start at the four and Grisal will start at the five. I I think there's a, I mean, I do want to see THD do a little more, but I think that starting five is better than what they had last year. At me, at me. I think that starting five is better. So with everything that's said, I do think the Lakers got better. I just think it takes time to actually sit down and break down the talent and then you could, I can't argue about them getting older. They got old as crap, but I, I think they got better. And, and and to cut this short, I think Rob Palinka deserves a lot of credit. Rob, man, let me tell you something. I don't know what Rob Palinka is telling these dudes in these meetings, but when it's all said and done, he's going to have to go around and start giving seminars or something because this dude <laughs> is out here. He, he making he – make, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he got Kendra Nunn and Malik Monk to agree. Like, I got it. If, if you want to tell me Malik Monk, that's probably where he needs to be at. He's still young, though, man. He still got a chance to catch fire and make a name for himself. Kendra Nunn? He, like, we know who Kendra Nunn is. Yeah. We've seen Kendra Nunn do a little work out here. So, for him 
them to get those two younger players to agree to their one-year deals. Then you you bring in another shooter like Wayne Ellington. Like, he's been in the league for a while, but he's still a pretty good three-point shooter, you know. And Baysmore, you know, honestly, I kind of look at Baysmore and, and Trevor Ariza kind of the same, but Trevor Ariza got the resume. Baysmore don't. Um, but with that said, it's just like I'm looking at these names that left. Hey, see you later, Andre Drummond. Hey, Harold, you was cool, but we're going to holler at you. McLemore, um, Morris, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the only two dudes that left, and I, honestly, I take that back. The only one guy, because I'm in, is Alex Caruso. He's the only one that left, and I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about that one, man. I think they should have kept Caruso. But now, when they get done doing free AC, I'm like, yeah, man, you know, Caruso, man, he was he was good to go, man. But, you know, he, he got the bag. He going to do his thing. You know, much luck to him. So, with everything said, man, I think the Lakers are better. Now, we do need to see them play. Um, but I do think if it's one player that can get them all together and make them work, it's LeBron, right? Um, so, with that said, I, I, I think the Lakers better, man. And, I, and if I got to go out on a limb and if I had to bet everything right now, I would say this team is better than last year, and if if they stay if they stay healthy, right? They stay healthy. This is definitely an NBA Finals game. Cause let me go and make this clear before we get off this subject. What Western Conference team made a better roster to compete with this Lakers team if they stay healthy? And I'm just and I'm gonna end on that note. Over to you, Jay. Yeah, I won't. I won't go in that. Uh, I won't go in that direction. I am going to say. I think I want. I want to give you an important level of nuance here to this subject because the Lakers, obviously, the season ended prematurely because of injuries. I think we both agree on that. So when I so when I'm thinking about will they be better about last year, I'm thinking about a team that um, I, I thought the Lakers with AD healthy because remember they was up two one against Phoenix in the first round. If AD stays healthy, they get they their Western Conference finals at minimum. And I think likely they get to NBA finals. So I'm almost thinking like if, if the argument is, yeah, they're gonna be they're, they're not gonna get bounced in the first round. I think that's that's true. I think I would agree with that. I don't think a team with this much talent, especially these this new big three that they have, which I think, which I think is the best three players in basketball, I think it's better than what Brooklyn accumulated last year. So if you're, if you're saying they, they, they're going to make it past first round, got it. I think so. But I still view last year's Laker team as a team that likely deserved to be in the NBA finals. I think they were good enough. And I don't think, especially when you look around at, you know, kind of how the Clippers were struggling at times, the, the Nuggets just, you know, Jamal Murray not healthy, that type of thing. I think, I think the Lakers, before AD got hurt, were poised to make a run back to the finals. Um, so... When I think about that, when I think at it in that light, I, I'm I'm less I'm less sold on this team getting back to the finals, and it, it's for it's for a couple reasons. One of them is de- is definitely age. Um, I mean, Mike, I don't I don't know if I'm correct because I haven't I haven't looked at it yet, but I, I I'd be surprised if you could find me an older NBA roster, and not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's not it's one thing to have an old roster. It's one thing to have like about everybody that's old is going to be relied on pretty heavily. Carmelo at 37, LeBron at 36, Gasol at 36, Ariza 36, Dwight Howard 35, 
Ellington 33, Westbrook 32. Those are all key guys. And they're all your whole big, well, not your whole big three, but LeBron, obviously at an advanced age, year 18, is it going to be 19, whatever it is. Westbrook, you got to, you got to believe his game is not going to age particularly well. And then, of course, you know, AD, AD still, you know, in the prime of his life. But he just, you know, we just, we know the book on AD. And I think in the end, if you, it comes down really simple, it's going to, it's going to be determined on AD's health. I think you can make an argument that the Lakers have a title with AD because he was healthy. If he's, if he's not healthy during the, uh, the bubble run, I don't think they went, they went, they don't win that title. True facts. I do, but with that said, on that point you just made, I think this team can win more games with a banged-up AD with this roster, current roster, than they could have in the past two teams. Without I think, AD. I think, I think that's fair. Better constricted. I think that's I think that's fair. And obviously, the most the most easy point is they when you add Russell Westbrook to this team, that I obviously think in the end they will be better. And I definitely think the, the way I see the Lakers this year is like, they're so new. I mean, we was going through before the show and we was talking about who they even got. Like, I know they got LeBron at 80, but who coming back? So we know they signed uh, THT to, you know, that whatever deal he got. And, and I like, and I like THT and he, he, uh, he showed a lot of promise last year, but you know how I feel about Marcus all like really like that's, we're going to like, we're, and he's like, we're looking at him as like starter material. Like, I'm like, come on, get, put Dwight Howard in. Let's see what he, let's see if he can, you know, give me some heavy minutes. But I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not an amateur. The three-point shooting five first. Oh, my Lord. Okay. All right. But I, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I ain't been loving Gasol for quite a while now. But, um, but then you look, you look at the age, like almost, I, I might, you might have to look at this team and make sure if the AARP memberships are valid. I mean, that's the type of age we're talking about. Now I do like I do like the the, the young moves that they made bringing back THT um, Malik Monk he didn't really pop for you in Charlotte but maybe this is the change of scenery he he, he needs you know but he he seemed like to do when I remember him in his Kentucky days because it, it was him and Darren Fox and what a fun backcourt to watch back then in Kentucky he seemed like a guy that like would thrive under the bright light so I'm I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how he does but obviously I think the Kendrick Nunn signing is a great one. Um, and we saw what he could do with Miami. We saw how he just, you know, came out the gate blazing with the Miami Heat. And don't don't forget about that three, uh, that group of three just young guns they had. They had with Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. I think you can make an argument that the Lakers got the best one. And it's and it really is kind of remarkable. Like in a with a team that is going, you know, they the, the so many veterans, so many veterans that they got. And it's like man, what what they get. They got any young people? Cause like it's just man, they over here with the nursing home of players, you know. So, but they got like I think Kendrick Nunn is gonna be really important to this team. And the way I see the Lakers this year, I think I think they're gonna have some growing pains early on. It's just I, I'm looking at them and I'm saying it's hard to believe that you could really only have four players from last year's team, assuming they don't bring it back a Wes Matthews or another guy like that. Um, but assuming that's all they're going to bring back, that seems just like too many dudes to um, bring back to to like incorporate and be like humming, you know, really early in the season. So I think I think they're going to struggle at least for a couple months. I think they do turn it on as long as they're healthy. I think they turn it on and they finish really really strong. I think they'll be a top four seed in the end. But in the playoffs, I'm concerned about them in the playoffs because. 
you know how you know how it is with me and and certain like it's all about fit and it's all about how, you know how do you match up and i really think i think it's going to be difficult especially with i think and i think it goes to russell westbrook because him and lebron are such like similar players and like they both like need the ball in their hands you know neither i mean lebron as he, as he has aged, he's become more of a consistent uh, shooter from distance. But we know Westbrook Westbrook shot has, you know, it continues to deteriorate. And I'm looking at both of those guys. In order them, for them to, you know, operate at maximum um, efficiency, they, they need space. They need guys that can hit shots. So, you know, I don't, I don't really, in the playoffs, I'm not loving both of them on the court together. I hope Frank Vogel can really stagger their minutes creatively. I talked to you last week about this. I hope... I really would like to see Westbrook, um, you know, lead the bench crew. Like if you remove all the starters and you run the bench in there, keep Westbrook in there, let him push with those guys. I think he'd be highly effective at doing that. Um, so I think there is a way, uh, there is a way and there is a path and they're certainly talented enough, but the, the it's, it's going to come down to like, can they stay healthy? Because they're going to need to be healthy to, uh, make sure all these parts are gelling together. We, I mean, we just, we saw how what Brooklyn. That's what ended up costing Brooklyn. They had a lot of new pieces, and they could, and they couldn't play enough together. If um, then the injuries, so that's kind of what happened. But I do, I do, I do absolutely think the combination of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook is a better, and it's close. But I think it's better than KD, James Harden, or Kyrie Irving. Of course, that's going to serve you well. And last quick point. You, you talk about Rob Palenka and I, and I'll just say, I'll agree with you. I, I think, I mean, I, and I don't, you know, a hundred percent love everything he's done, but he's done a well of the job. It's gotten you a championship. And you remember when Rob Palenka took over, there was a lot of questions, but I'm going to tell you, this was Kobe's guy. And I think Kobe was right. All right. Now over to the NBA. So you got a game seven. So let's let's say you're a GM. You know, we like to, you know, make up titles for ourselves. Let's say you a GM. You got one game, one do or die game, game seven, but you can pick any player you wanted. Healthy. So in this scenario, the player is healthy, the team is healthy for this scenario, and you get to pick whatever current NBA player you want. Current. They have to be playing in the NBA right now for the game seven. With that said, Jay, who is your guy? And I would like to know your runner-up and your honorable mention. I'm gonna go if I if I need one game, I need one game seven. I think some of this is some of this is preference. I think there's definitely I think there's a clear top two here. I would I'm going Giannis. Um, I'm going Giannis because he's a full package. He can do everything. He can uh, offensively. We know what he is. He's two steps past head court, uh, half court practically. And he's at the basket on the fast break. He can do all that. Um, we know the shooting is not quite, you know, what we like to see. But we saw, you know, as as the post as the playoffs went along, we saw some progress, particularly at the free throw line, which is that's the most important to me. If, he, if Giannis knocks down free throws, and he can do, you know, if he can hit a fifteen foot jump shot, I think that's all you need. Ben Simmons, pay attention. Uh, that's to me, that's all you need. Um, but. But then again, you look at uh, you look at what he does on the defensive end. He he does everything. He had the, the biggest you can argue the biggest highlight he had from the NBA Finals was when he uh, blocked that alley oop attempt to DeAndre Ayton. That is that's just something that you just don't see, and it's something you can't teach. Um, and also, and back to the offense, like just a point on that free throw shooting. When you have a guy that is so dominant in the paint, almost like you know Shaquille O'Neal was when he played and was in the prime 
uh, of his career with the Los Angeles Lakers. When you are that dominant on the inside, the only defense is to foul you. So when you keep that in mind, when you have a, and when you have a guy who struggles at the line like Shaq did, I mean, it's not a great strategy because even if you can split, you know, you're still you're still racking up points. But if he but if he can shoot like 70, 75 percent, you know, just be kind of in the LeBron James territory. I think that's all you need. But obviously, I'm looking at the total package with Giannis. I think that's what makes a difference for me. But you can make a great argument for Kevin Durant, who I got as my runner up. And what I mean by preference is I'm looking at Giannis and what and everything he brings to the table. KD, to me, is a definitely a more complete score. We know he's going to do whatever he wants, particularly with his ability to elevate up over you because, you know, 6'11", seven, seven foot six, six wingspan, we get all that. And we, and we just saw it in the playoffs. It didn't quite end up, you know, how, how it maybe could have been had they been healthy, maybe they get past, um, maybe they get past the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe even with, without the guys being healthy, we know KD was like, you know, what a toenail away from like having a three instead of a two. So, I mean, the margins are razor thin, but I was, just absolutely impressed with how he came back off the Achilles injury. He didn't play really a, a heck of a lot in the regular season. I feel like I don't, if you added up the games, maybe half a regular season and what he did in the playoffs, but I saw enough. And I really, I really thought that he, his uh, explosiveness and his ability to drive to the rim. I don't think he's the same player when he drives to the rim, but you know, one thing that we talked about is, I mean, this guy's got, just the guy given size and the ability to just elevate over you when you're seven foot with guard skills, this is what you, I mean, this is what you can do. So I think, I think those are the two guys. And I think it's, it's pretty easy. I think they stand out above the rest. And I'd, I'd really like to see, you know, a, an encore matchup between Brooklyn and Milwaukee and next year's playoffs to kind of get a sense of, um, you know, these two guys, because I think these are the two best players in basketball right now. And then the honorable mention, and, you know, this is another guy you can give a great argument for. It's still LeBron. I mean, I, we, we just talked about him in the last segment. The guy's, you know, moving into his 19th year. But for one game, you know, for all the marbles, um, you know, I understand. I, I'm, look, I'm looking at, you know, things maybe you don't, you don't think about initially. Like if it's a game seven, if it's, you know, a game seven for the NBA finals, maybe. Well, you got to think about all that wear and tear that he's got and all that tread he's added to the tires up to that point. So, you know, I'm thinking about all that. But if the guy's fully rested, if he's fully loaded, if he's healthy, um, I mean, it, it, it's an argument you can make because he can do everything on the basketball court. Um, and especially for, especially offensively with the way he gets other guys involved, still one of the, no doubt, best passers in the NBA. And then, you know, there can be times still where I think he can lock in defensively, get a key stop for you. I mean, the guy, he can do it all. And not only that, the intangibles that he brings, just the ability to be a coach on the floor, the ability to get everybody lined up and just be, you know, the ultimate communicator, getting everybody organized, almost just like Frank, go ahead and just sit down, you know, take, put the jacket back on. It's fine. So I think those are the three guys, no doubt. I do think Giannis and, and KD have separated themselves just a little bit in this discussion, but I think Le LeBron still deserves to be in the conversation. Oh, no, I don't disagree with your three. Matter of fact, I got the same three, just in different order. So I'm going to go with honorable mention first. My honorable mention will be the defending champ, Giannis. Yeah, we'll get to the rest of it. Um, but um, listen, here's the deal, man. Listen, don't uh, not to take anything away from Giannis, but uh, if, uh, if you're going to give me one guy fully healthy, 
one game, Giannis will be my honorable mention. Only because team, I know teams, even though he just won the championship, let's be real here. How often would you get a young team like Phoenix for all the marbles? So I'm thinking most likely you're playing another team that's just as capable as your team, if not better than your team. Um, and, and if you're playing a better team that, 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 you know, better coaching, better prepared, whatever, I just feel like it is a way to get to Giannis. Now, Giannis could, you know, take it up another level and then, hey, there goes that plan. But I feel like out of all three of these guys, Giannis is, is a guy that teams think at least they can come into a game and they have some way of slowing him down and stopping him. So that's why I have him as my honorable mention. But the point you made about his defense goes without question. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and here's the deal. Both of these guys, Giannis and LeBron, which is going to be my number two guy, um, spoiler alert, both of these guys have made all-time defensive plays in the NBA Finals, right? Um, we know what LeBron did in 2016 with his block, and then we seen what Giannis just did in the postseason with his block. So, you know, and with that, you know, I feel like if you, if you challenge LeBron for one game, he will show up for that one game. He might pull a, pull a muscle or something, but he'll give you what he got for a game seven in the NBA Finals. So that's so I got Giannis as my honorable mention, and then every then I went to LeBron. And the reason I got LeBron as my, my number two, my runner-up, is because this. Listen, LeBron is the type of dude, just like you just said, hey, Frank, we ain't, nah, you, you want to call that play? We ain't doing that. Hey, this is what we're going to run. Okay, boom, going to give it to him. All right, cool, cool. All right. And then he go run the play, and they win, and they say, who drew up that play, LeBron? I did. I'm LeBron James. So it's it's hard for me to overlook that intangible, like, of a guy that can just take the game over in that manner and, you know, and not, not want him for a game seven. Because that's a guy that, that tells me, this guy know what the what the hell is going on. He know what the other team trying to do. He know what his team trying to do. He know what this guy can do. He know what that guy can't do. So he's going to do this, that, and the third. Not to say every decision LeBron makes is right, but I do think he makes the best decision when it comes down to making that decision. Um, so I, I, I like him as my run-up. And then, you know, my guy, um, as far as the guy that I will pick, Kevin Durant. Here's the deal. You said it. I, I want a guy that ain't got to worry about. Here's the reason why I would pick a Durant over Steph Curry, for example. Because I, I know people like, Steph, let's shoot in the league. Why would he be up there? First of all, Steph is really, really small. Second of all, Steph tends to kind of crumble under the lights. We just seen this. We just seen this in the NBA Finals. I'm not making this up. Go look at it. This is why Steph has never won a Finals MVP. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Stop me when I, when I keep lying. That's all I'm saying. So with that said, I need a player that I know. Listen, you can you can make a shot from anywhere on the court, and you're not a defensive liability. Now, are, are you Giannis? No. On your best day, are you LeBron? Could be, maybe. But the thing is, both of those guys' offensive, you know, set don't compare to yours. So it's all right that you're not them. Yep. Do what you do at a very high level. Just make sure you do it at a high level because I'm going to need you, KD, right? So 
I just, I, I would have to put the ball in his hands and let him decide how he want to do it because it's just like, come on, man. What are we talking about here? Seven foot, they can hit a shot from half court if he wanted to. I mean, my God. So, yeah, man, like, the player I would have is Durant, just the total package on offense. Um, and he can give you a defensive play. That, let's not knock it. And then, you know, my run-up, LeBron James, what, what am I saying? He's one of the GOATs. You, you already know what it is. If you don't know, go check the resume and school yourself up. And then, you know, my honorable mention, Giannis, listen, hey, folks, and I don't, I don't want people to think this is a bad session on Giannis because it's not because at the end of the day, the face of the NBA is either going to be Kevin Durant or Giannis. That, that's what it is. LeBron getting old. It is what it is. He about to move out the way. One of those two dudes going to take the trophy. And, and I think Giannis, if, if it's him, he he didn't work his way up there. It's just, you give me one game, I got to look elsewhere. But those are my three guys for game seven. All right, we now move to college football in the preseason coaches poll produced by USA Today, some other thing. It's a whole bunch of racket, as you just said, before we got on live. But uh, Alabama is the uh, preseason number one in the coaches poll by a pretty significant mar margin, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dabo Sweeney's Clemson Tigers are number two. Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma Sooners are third. And then Ohio State and Georgia round out the top five. You've also got Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Iowa State, North Carolina, and Cincinnati representing the group of five in the 10th spot drink um over to you man what uh what stands out to you in this uh in this preseason college football poll oh yeah baby you know what time it is first thing that stands out to me we getting closer folks when that ap when that ap preseason poll drop then you know what time it is we gonna be within T minus whatever days before we get into this action. But nonetheless, let me get back to the subject at hand. Um, listen, uh, you know, Alabama pulled, I think they pulled 62 of the 63 first place votes. Oh, um, I thought that was a, a, a little bit, huh? Yo, I was just, what I didn't know the, uh, the votes. I just, I had read somewhere that it was a significant margin. I didn't realize it was that significant. Oh yeah, it was. It was. I, was, I, was I like to. Away. I was can like, we get an interview with the? Can we get an interview with the one dissenting vote? <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to know. I, I'm assuming that one vote went to Oklahoma. I I don't know why. Without looking at, it, I'm assuming it went to Oklahoma because um, I, I thought, and this is the coaches poll, so the AP poll might still come out this way. I thought it was going to either be Alabama or Oklahoma number one, hmm. but. You know, the, the coaches poll is it's not to, you know, knock down the significance of it, but it's more of a like a copy and paste thing. It, I don't I don't think the coaches really go into the critical thinking of their poll. Unlike the media, the, the media will give you something like Coastal Carolina be like number nine. And you be like, what? Like, what? What? <laughs> what? You know, um, so we'll see when the AP poll. But um, listen. You, you seen that number 25 team. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Time, the, the, the Lane Kiffin era is starting to, it's starting out with a bang. Um, I think the rest of the country seen what Ole Miss did last year. Um, and and they, they, they're thinking, hey, Ole Miss might be a team to look at. And Lane Kiffin got them humming. Group of five teams. Group of five teams. Listen, you know, when we was making our leagues, uh, we made our 32-team league, you know, if – college football was a super league 
And, and you know, we're talking about the, the group of five teams that would possibly make that. I'm, I'm looking. Cincinnati. You know what? Cincinnati just need to join the conference. I'm starting to really – Cincinnati, you got a little – you got a little something to you. Like, Lou, Lou Fickle got something going on there. They, they're one of those group of five teams, honestly. Like, they kind of strike me um, kind of like, I don't know, like Boise State back in the day. Like, they was a group of five team, but they was always playing with the big boys. They looked at just as convincing as the big boys. It is not, it's not like the B, BYU thing where, oh, man, we look good until we play 18. There's not even a group of five teams, but just eight teams that, that was ready to play, and they smacked us around. Is that, you know, Cincinnati just strikes me as a team that can keep up with the big boys when given the opportunity. But, like I was saying, Cincinnati, we'll, we got Cincinnati, we got uh, UF uh, Lafayette, which is Louisiana Lafayette, and then we got Coastal Carolina, and I think those are the three group of five teams yep. in the top. Okay. Um, I think that's impressive. Look, you got three teams in the top 25 now. Can you capitalize on that group of five? I would, I would like to, I would like to think so. But I thought that was impressive. That now because of the COVID, um, COVID year we had last year, a lot of group of five teams I think are gonna get some. I ain't gonna say a fully fair shake, but somewhat of a fair shake. Coastal Carolina, if it was not for the COVID season last year, would we really be talking about Coastal Carolina? Like, really? This is a team. Coastal Carolina is definitely a team that benefited from what happened last year. Because they wasn't even on the map before last year. You know what I'm saying? Stop me when I'm lying, but they wasn't on the map. Um, Then I moved on to the Big 12. Rightfully so. Why, why am I talking about the Big 12? You know why I'm talking about the Big 12. Because their main events are leaving leaving the <laughs> arena sometime soon, right? And um, so... Now I'm I'm wondering I'm like well what do the rest of the nation think about the rest of the Big Twelve because I know what we think about the rest of the Big Twelve but what do everybody else think about so I look at, we got Iowa State coming in at number eight okay um I'm looking we got that's crazy Oklahoma is three I was eight and then you don't get another Big Twelve team until Texas at nineteen. And Oklahoma State at 22. That's the list. Yep. Woo! And, and they wonder why the Big 12 upset about Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Um, but, yeah, Big 12 look like they, they got four. Um, and, I'm, and then the Pac-12. Of course, you know I had to go find the Pac-12. I'm looking at the Pac-12. I'm like, uh, <laughs> we got Oregon at 12. We, we, how fun is that? Pac-12, Oregon at 12. Um. USC yeah. at 14. You, you like what I did there? Um, yes. And then <laughs> uh, Washington at 21. So they That's get it. their pack. Yo, the group of five got just as many teams in the top 25 as a pack 12. The big 12 reminds me like, you know, almost as if like we're on an exercise and we're in the teardown stage and they still better than the pack 12. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that if if you if you if you read into this poll, it's some truth to that. It's like <laughs> like really? The same pack twelve is all you got? Yeah. Giving us three hot ones? And and Washington looked like it was a gamble because I mean of the 
four teams that's behind Washington, two of them are group of five teams. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that could have went either way. All right. And then, um, you know, at the top of the heat, we got, we got the two powerhouses that's usually always around Alabama and Clemson. As I see it, we got Alabama, we got um, Alabama and Georgia in the top five. So they get an SEC, two top five teams in the coaches' poll. And then you got Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. So there's one for each conference in their, in their respectful conference. What's interesting, though, is now I want to say for about the third year in a row, you get Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M in the top ten. And you usually sprinkle in Auburn somewhere in the top ten, but I guess people started to figure out Bo Nix ain't it, and then mm. they got and then they fired no. their coach uh, Malzahn. So it seems for the first time in a very long time, Auburn is not even ranked in the top twenty-five right. at all. Yeah. Um. So that is that is very surprising. I'm I'm you know being an Alabama fan, I'm used to where's Alabama, where's Auburn. Um. No Auburn this year. Uh. So I I think. That's that's interesting. That's very very interesting. Um, and then as I go outside the top ten, Florida at eleven. I think Florida might Florida might they they, they overrated. I'm gonna tell you right now, Florida overrated. Um, I, I you know LSU at thirteen. That that might be an underrated uh, underrated um, ranking for me. I think LSU will bounce back and be a top ten team. You know, and like we didn't talked about Ed Orgeron already. I don't think it'd be because of him. I just think you have too much accumulated talent to um, duplicate duplicate what you did last year. I think um, LSU will come in and be a different team. And then I look down, kudos to Indiana. You know, they hang around at 17. Um, I'm interested to see how they build off the season that they had last year. Um, you know, they. I want to know if Indiana really making strides in the program of they was just a one-hit wonder last year because of COVID. Because a lot of these teams, right, like I just said about Coastal Carolina, they benefited off the the COVID-like surroundings of last season. I want to know, teams like Indiana, let me see you do this again. Let me see you be a surprise stalemate for the Big Ten. Coastal Carolina, um, Louisiana Lafayette, now is your time. If you can duplicate what you did last season, this season, then we're talking about something. Matter of fact, hey, Louisiana Lafayette, Billy Napier is gone. If, if y'all duplicate anything close to what you did last season, you're losing your coach. Coast of Carolina, you might do that too. You're losing your coach, right? Um, when you take some no-name franchises and put them on the map, you're going to lose your coach. Um, but with that said, man, long story short, uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's kind of telling that the Pac-12 have less teams than the group of five in the top ten. I think it's kind of telling that the Big 12 only have four teams, two of which are going to be out here on the first thing smoking. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm looking, uh, I don't know, Iowa State, I think they overrated. They, at Iowa State at eight, they overrated. Florida at 11, they overrated. LSU at 13, I think is underrated. I'm looking at, mm, um, it was another team I thought was underrated, too. I had two and two. Um, I just seen Um, But a team like, I'm telling you, and a team like Wisconsin, right, at 15, I kind of think they underrated, too. I think, I think Wisconsin might turn, have a very good chance of being a top 10 program. Now, of course, Ohio State is the top of the heat, but 
I think Wisconsin has every bit of the claim for the number two team in the Big Ten as any other team. Michigan, Penn State, you name them. I think they got a, 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 a good shot at the number two team overall. So, overall, man, I mean, it's a good starting point. I'm happy we got it because that means football is coming. But when that AP poll come out, I kind of take that one a little more serious because I think the media members do do a little more due diligence than the coaches, coaches like Pelson and man, kind of. Um, so when the AP poll come out, we're going to revisit this and then you, you'll get a more, you know, deeper, insighted, energetic um, look on that one because I do just feel like that one is kind of like the all-pro and the Pro Bowl team thing we always talk about in the NFL. I, I tend to think the all pro I take that a little more serious than Pro Bowl because everybody a Pro Bowler. Um, so yeah, man. With that said, that's my outlook on the on the coaches on the U USA Today preseason coaches poll. No longer the Amway coaching poll, but USA Today. That's my outlook on it, Jay. What say you? Oh well, you know, as usual, you know, we, we always looking looking at these polls with, with great anticipation. Not not one hundred percent sure what to make of it because you know, as you as you well know, the the NFL offseason is the one that's so publicized with the with the draft. It's a public spectacle. You know, the free agency gets all the um, all the attention in the world. All these different. And we also, you know, we can, we can see like you know on NFL Network or whatever it is, we can get you know some insight into some of the you know, the training camp battles, it's, it's way more difficult to, you know, drill down and just pay attention to every, you know, college team across the country and like, you know, draw a good conclusion. So I, I it's for me, like the preseason polls are always kind of a crapshoot, but I think there are some, some just takeaways when you like, look at it. First of all, I just got to say, it's great to have some, you know, uh, new blood in the top four. Oh wait, it, it seemed like the same old dude that's always in there. And of course, you got you know the next, the typical next man up like Georgia. Georgia's the perennial dude like outside the door, like trying to knock on the hey, can we get back in there? So, but um, so obviously nothing really has changed at the top all that much. I am. It is kind of for me. I think it's good to see Texas A and M back in there and like looking like hey, we now we trying to knock on in there. Will you, will you move Georgia? Let, let us in there. And they, they had a great season last year. Uh, I think some of the things you said about, um, you know, the, the, the pandemic shortened season or whatever, however we look at that, that, that Texas A&M to me is another team. Like, maybe did they benefit from the pandemic? I, I don't know, but I do know they were pretty excellent last year. You know, they were knocking on the door when the SEC West just couldn't beat Alabama, if I remember correctly. So we'll see. That's another team I'm looking at. Like, can you, can you replicate this success and are you for real now? We know they got a quarterback change as well. Keep an eye on that. Um, you know, as you as you go down, uh, Iowa State does kind of like leave you kind of. That's like really Iowa State. I, I don't. That's that's not a team. I mean, you want to throw them in the top twenty-five? I get it, but like Matt Campbell making that much noise out there, huh? or is that is that right? So, uh, but I, you know, I guess we'll see that it is weird that like you that you have Iowa State in the top ten, and then a big gap as you say to Texas and in uh, Oklahoma state. So, but when you break it down by conference, I'm counting the sec having six with Bama, Georgia, Texas, A&M, uh, Florida and LSU. So and the big 10 has five, but the big difference to me is cause I think those conferences are kind of comparable, but as usual, I think the sec is looking a little more top heavy. They got, they got multiple elites. 
you understand what I'm saying? Ohio State is really like carrying the water for the Big Ten because the first five SEC teams is in, you know, the top 13 and then, but you have to go to Wisconsin at 15 to get another big, big 10 team. So we'll see how that works. I do, um, you know, Indiana is a team that, that bears watching. Cause I thought they were, they were pretty impressive last year. I like what they're doing um, up there in Indiana and, you know, Iowa and Penn state, you know, you, you gotta always pay attention to them somewhat, you know, Kurt Ferentz gonna come out there and just do enough to stick around up there. And James Franklin at Penn State. Penn, I mean, Penn State's a team like when you look at them in 20th, you know, that's I think that was that's somewhat disappointing. That's a team, you know, you'd like to see back in the top 10. But what you know, if I'm looking at the Big Ten, I think hopefully, you know, one of those teams, particularly probably Wisconsin, Penn State, hopefully one of those teams can step up and be kind of the, you know, get that we have a team that we can look at and say, oh man, that team looks like a playoff team. Maybe they can give Ohio State a run for their money, you know. So Pac-12, ACC, you know, the old hum, ho-hum, just got a couple dudes in there. The, the At least the ACC gives you the honor of Clemson just, you know, doing what they have to do and just always being around in the, in the top four. You got to wait till Oregon at 12 to even recognize the Pac-12, as you say. So I, I think maybe like another team, if I'm just like being generous to the Pac-12, maybe in Arizona State with Herm Edwards. So, uh, you know, that's a team I'm perhaps thinking about. I do think oh, you know the ACC on, is kind of. Hold on, Jay. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you 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 brought something to my attention. Yo, the ACC only have two teams. Uh, they got well, they got three. They got Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami. Miami's sneaking in there oh, as well. Okay, I mean, I missed no. I seen Miami. I missed North Carolina. All right, cool. Yeah. And uh, so, and and also, like, I don't, and I don't know what the, I mean. Notre Dame, I always, I'm almost looking at them as a quasi ACC team. I know, I think they back to independent status this year. That last year they joined the ACC. Just, just getting the ACC and help us out because they need a little extra. Uh, but then, certainly, when you look at some of the, you know, that's kind of break it down by conference. But certainly, some of the things that some of the individual teams that stand out, besides Iowa State being that high, is Cincinnati. Cincinnati making a. Cincinnati's grabbing the 10th spot right off the bat is pretty, pretty impressive. I would say, especially when you look at some of the teams right below them. when, when you, when Florida, Oregon and LSU are behind you. And it, I mean, you, even USC, Wisconsin, like the storied programs that Cincinnati is in front of. And then you take a look, you know, I, I came away very impressed with Cincinnati last year, thought they deserved a shot at the college football playoff, you know, all the way up to the, 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 uh, the final, uh, the selection, and now you look at that and you say, well, I mean, you think about if Cincinnati can run the table, you know, will they have a shot? Because you think about it, you got to believe some of these teams, like, for example, I, uh, we really think Iowa State is going to is going to get it done and just, you know, set the world on fire and, you know, go up there and go toe to toe with Oklahoma. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I am sure. I'm not sure that they're going to they're not doing it. How about um? What about I mean? You got to figure out a And M. They're gonna they're gonna have one of those games where they just slip up. It is the SEC. I'm just saying, an undefeated Cincinnati team. I'd like to see what that if they can go undefeated. Obviously, that that's a that's somewhat of an if. You, I don't think you can ever like just say, oh man, they're going undefeated. Forget about it. But if they can do that, it'd be interesting to what a Cincinnati a Cincinnati undefeated Group of Five resume looks like against you know uh, one a one loss Power Five team a two loss power five team. I think I'll take the undefeated team over two losses, but I think that's something worth watching. If they're starting at 10, I mean, it's kind of like one of them things. If they go undefeated, 
it should like be within reason that they could move up that far. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Well, no, and I'm with you. I'm with you. But it, it just comes to that theory. It's like, okay, cool. They start at 10. Let's say, you know, Ole Miss, for example, starting at 25. If Ole Miss went out here, and because I think Ole Miss played Georgia and Texas and them, and of course they play Alabama. Yo, they would they say when I hit beat the brakes off Texas A and M, you know for a fact Ole Miss is jumping Cincinnati. That's you know right. That's it's true. Like, That's right. You know, it's and it's not like I think we get caught up in a oh this a slap in Cincinnati face. Yeah, but you have to award the team behind them that playing the better competition. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's we're not just trying to disclude them because of that, but I get what you're saying. If you start at 10, you should be able to balance off that. I'm going to tell you like this, though. Like you just said, Cincinnati and Clemson is in the same situation, essentially, this year. You go out there, you lose a game, you're done. Because Cincinnati's schedule is probably tougher than Clemson's this year. <laughs> Clemson got <laughs> one game on their schedule that's worth a rule. Unless Miami like comes alive or something, but they play Georgia in Game One. They lose to Georgia in Game One. You can go ahead and get them up out of here. But I, I do agree with what you're saying about Cincinnati in ten spot. And and that, and that is that is actually a good. And it seems like it's a it's an annual conversation about Clemson in the schedule, right? Because it's not the same as it was over there in the Atlantic. If I'm looking at, because it, it used to be like Florida State would be a team that could like make noise for you, and we not. We're uncertain of what they may look like. We'll have to check with our, uh, you know, Jacksonville correspondent on that one, you know, at some point. But I, I think, I think um, definitely when you look, I mean, when you look at this poll and you just uh, look at it in a vacuum, the other two ACC teams there are North Carolina, and Miami, and we know they play in the coastal. So definitely, definitely a great point. The other thing, um, and the other, the last quick point on that Ole Miss point you you brought, I think that's a definitely a valid point. Like an undefeated Power Five team, you got to believe that they're going to get the edge over um, the, the undefeated group of five team, no question. But if Ole Miss is to jump in front of Cincinnati, that most likely means that, you know, one, one or two of those SEC teams above uh, Cincinnati, they're, they're likely going to drop out, you know, by virtue of right. just, you know, losing to Ole Miss at some point, I would imagine. Um, right. Especially A&M and Alabama being on the, the, the west side of the conference. The other, the other thing um, that I'm looking at is I'm just I'm looking in about the um, I'd say uh, 13 through 19, and I'm just zoning in on that. The teams that I'm looking at: LSU, Southern Cal, Miami, and Texas. Though, and maybe I, th- I throw I give LSU a break on this because we know LSU. LSU had a, a bad year last year, but at least before that, they won the title. So maybe maybe it's more fair to focus on Southern Cal, Miami, and Texas. These three teams all fall into the same category for me. They all got all the program prestige in the, in the world. But my God, it's been a long time since we heard from them in a serious manner. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So, so, what is, so what is this? Like, is this is this 14, 16, 19 thing real? Is, is this a real thing? Or are we just going to look in a couple months that we're going to be back here and we're like, well, I don't, know, I, I don't know why they was even in the preseason poll. Like, you got how long can you just ride the prestige train to these preseason rankings? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. See, okay, I, I, I'm going to guess USC maybe because they brought back Clay Hilton and I don't – maybe they pulled some guy. They, 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 they did have a pretty decent recruiting class. 
So I'm assuming that's why they there. I know why Miami is number 16. Transfer portal. That's why they number 16. <laughs> the Aaron King and the transfer portal. And then Texas, I think a lot of people are hyped about Steve Sarkeesian first year after seeing what he did at Alabama last year. And the fact that he did, you know, get some talent. So I, I think to be honest, and it's funny you, you pointed out those three teams. I, I really do think, like like you said, USC, they recruited well, so people say, hey, put them out there. Miami went and got all the good talent out the transfer portal, and they bring them back, you know, De'Aaron King that got a lot of yeah. hype behind him. And for mm-hmm. Texas, I think it's just Steve Sarkeesian. And that's okay, and and, that, and that's fair. And I just I, I, I'll defer to you on that, but it does. I just feel compelled to ask the question because you, I, I think you understand my point of what I'm getting at. Like these are three schools that like. You know, Texas, since, you know, Vince Young, haven't heard from him. USC, since Pete Carroll and all that, haven't heard from him. And in Miami, what, damn it, it's been longer than that. These guys ain't done nothing since they joined the ACC, and that's going on at least 15 years, I believe. So, but uh, that's a wrap on the preseason coaches poll, and we will be back with the AP poll whenever that releases. Now, moving on to baseball. Did I say baseball? Yeah. Dinger. I said Dinger. Careful. Yeah, yeah the mascot, the purple thing. <laughs> yeah, Dinger. Nah, I didn't say that. Come on, calm down. Calm down. I said Dinger. I said Dinger. Like, I, don't, I didn't say that. I don't know what that guy's talking about. If you don't know what I'm referencing, I'm referencing, I'm referencing a incident that happened in the MLB this week. Um... An incident that involved a, um, a Marlins player, Lewis Ritson. Um, let's just say the least. Uh, I think it was a miscommunication or, or, or a interpretation of, of um, what, he, what he might have been saying and what he might not have been saying. I don't know. Um, from, from what I hear, it, it sounds like one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Jay explain what, what he heard. But at the end of the day, Jay, with all that said, my, my, I guess my primary question to you is, even if um, the fan was not saying the word that we thought he was saying, and he was saying dinger, do you see this as a cause to for the Rockies to probably change the name of the mascot? Or, or, or what, what, what kind of solution do you see coming out of this? so-called, you know, highly tense situation here? No disrespect. I think it's a ludicrous question. I really do. And I've and just, and just so you know, I've, I've seen some of the, you know, I've, I've dipped my toe in the, the Twitter cesspool that it is and just seen some of the foolishness out there, you know, that's been, you know, commented on some of these uh, official Rocky, Colorado Rocky statements they put out, and I'll get into some in a minute. But I, I tell you, if this isn't the biggest crock of nothing that I, I've just ever heard in an age where, you know, people will make any gesture uh, in their power, whether it's the, uh, whether it's the old football team ditching their name and basically, you know, walking around without a birth certificate. Or it's the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Indians becoming the Cleveland Guardians because the owner went outside and he looked at the traffic uh, statues and was like, "Man, that, wow, what an inspiration!" Like I, I just can't imagine, you know, being I can't imagine being that profound and deep and just, you know, the connecting the dots between George Floyd and uh, 
systematic racism and the the Indians and just man, he just it, it all connects. You know, it's a what a maybe if I owned a maybe if I owned a baseball team, I'd you know have that level of that that capacity and awareness to really just understand the intertwining of you know our complex and multicultural society. This is first of all, I am going to acknowledge because I think it's a fair point that you brought up before the show. If you hear this, if you were at the game and you heard what was, you heard, uh, you thought you heard a racial slur and you don't know, and this is also for people who watched the video after the fact and did not know the mascot name. If you watch it in that, if you don't know the context and you don't know the mascot name and you watch it live, you know, we, we people hear a different thing. You know, I, I get it. In the moment, like, really? That's, we're saying that? Like, eh. Obviously, that's going to turn some heads, and that's not that's not acceptable. I get all that, but after upon like when you when you realize and you go back and like okay, you get a little more information. You say okay, the mascot's name is Dinger. Mascot's name is Dinger. We've established that. Drink. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I watched this clip one time and one time only, and that was all I needed. The man said Dinger. The man was yelling at the mascot, dinger, dinger, dinger. You notice how I'm just, I'm, I'm putting that D out there so hard. Like you can't even like, uh, you cannot like mistake what I'm saying. You're not going to catch me on this. So, you know, with that in mind, if you're objective and you're not just out here grasping at straws, I think it's absolutely 1000% clear when you know what the mascot name is and you watch the video, th that's it. Case closed. But we, but we just live in a time where, you know, uh, Jason Whitlock actually has some interesting thoughts on this, where he said, like, uh, you know, searching for examples of racism is like the gold rush back in the 1840s, 1850s. It's just like everybody's out here just just spending so much time, like, uh, finding examples of, because we got to root it out. We just have to. And I don't know if you've heard, but, uh, you know, according to high-ranking people, uh, white supremacy, that's the most pressing threat to the country. So we got to get rid of it, you know, with that, especially with that in mind. And I got it. I'm all for, I, you know, racism and all the rest. Like, I'm all for getting rid of it completely. Um, but we have to, we, we got to be, we got to at least be consistent. And here what you have was, you know, you had a heat of the moment situation where, you know, maybe you heard one thing, but like you go back and you watch, you listen to the video, you know the correct context, and that's it. That's all you need. Meanwhile, this is what the Rockies did. The Rockies, like, this was their like gut reaction statement. The Colorado Rockies, this is all via their Twitter feed. The Colorado Rockies are disgusted at the racial slur by a fan directed at the Marlins' Lewis Brinson during the ninth inning of today's game. Although the subject was not identified prior to the end of the game, the Rockies are there, they're investigating the incident. Rockies, they got zero tolerance for any form of racism, discrimination, any fan using uh, derogatory language of any kind will be ejected and banned from course field. Okay. Uh, so, which it's kind of odd, don't you think? We're, we're living in a time where, especially in regards to this issue, there is no, there is no due process in the terms of uh, public opinion. They came out and, uh, and immediately said, there was a, they said there's a racial slur here. And then one day later, they got a backtrack and they say, where is it? Okay. After a thorough investigation that included calls, emails, and video clips from concerned fans, media, and broadcast partners, 
Uh, we've concluded the fan was indeed yelling for Rosca, uh, for the Rockies mascot, Dinger, in hopes of getting his attention for a photo. No racial slur. The Rockies remain dedicated to providing an inclusive environment for all fans, blah, blah. All, you know, all the, all the rest of the just nonsense. And I'm just, you look at that, and so you have the, you have the kind of, the, the, what I call the outrage culture that ensues. Like, oh, we heard this, or, you know, Myers Leonard is like a great example. You know, Myers Leonard with the, uh, uh, when he was gaming and he said a, uh, something anti-Semitic that I didn't even know, yeah, that I didn't even know was a thing. Um, so you have that, just, just an example. And everyone rushes out to just, just condemn it all the way around as if there are, as if there are levels to, uh, you know, the certain level of condemnation, as if like, um, you say, well, I disagree with that. That's terrible. And I say, well, I disagree with it more. I think it's just the worst thing we've ever seen in our lifetime. Like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of like um, society we're like cultivating for ourselves, where everyone just rushes out and just has to, you know, show how morally superior they are to someone else. So you have like their initial statement where they say there was a racial slur and we're looking into it. And then you have just, I just, I'm just really like uh, overwhelmed with the amount of work they put in with the, we, we had to, what did they, let me go back to this because uh, they had to, they had to, uh, they had to use like the, the most overwhelming amount of videos and emails. And I, I'd like, what do emails even have to do with this? Just watch the tape, listen to the tape. You found a, you found some like run of the mill dude on Twitter who, you know, did some cool acoustic stuff and just had it to where you could hear exactly what the fan was saying pretty much. I don't know what, like, I really don't know why so much like effort and we had to like go comb through like, you know, I don't know, hundred, I don't know what the number is, but to just say hundreds of like emails and like, we had to like watch the video from like 32 different angles for one, for one word, you know? And then you notice like the follow-up statement, like they say, there's no, they, they rule out, okay, the fan was actually like, he, he, did, he did not say a racial slur. He was, he was saying the mascot's name, trying to get that, the mascot's attention. What about, that, what about that fan though? That fan didn't get an apology. That fan literally didn't do nothing wrong. He don't get an apology. And I, I, I just, I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem. That, 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 that man was, I mean, he, did, he literally did not do anything wrong. And I mean, I think that's something that should at least be acknowledged. When, you know, Jay, when you say apology, apology from who exactly? I think the, the fan deserves an apology from, if you, if you jump to conclusions off that, I think, it's, I'm, and I'm primarily talking about the, the team. Understand what I'm saying. The team initially came out and said there was a racial slur, when in fact there was not. As I as I think I've said before, if you're going to accuse someone of racism, you probably should be correct and back it up with some facts. You know what I'm saying? I think that's that that's part of the problem that we've created. Like we, it's just the most, it's just a term that we diluted to a degree that it's like, it's it. I mean, I honestly like I could care less if someone calls me racist because I just don't take it seriously. You know me, other people in my life know me, they know how I roll. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So the Rockies, the Rockies are kind of who I'm looking at. They came out like they came out steaming because, you know, all the little backlash and everyone's obviously up in arms about this. 
And they, they said, there's a racial slur out here. And we're going to, we're going after it. When in fact, there was not. I think the fan, because you know, you got to believe like that fan, you know, people probably found out who he was. They was looking him up all over the place. If he's on social media and they was lighting him up because that's what happens. And I really think like the, the Rockies, especially because they were, def that's a definitive tweet they put out originally before they backtracked the next day. I think the Rockies owed a man an apology at minimum. I think, it, and I think it's unfortunate they didn't. In regards to the team name and all of that, first of all, just in case, just in case people don't know, because we, we, typically, we don't do a lot of baseball on this show. If you look at like, why does the team mascot need to be Dinger? Why don't, I don't quite know and I don't quite care. But just so everyone knows, Dinger is kind of a, a slang term for home run. And I don't know the, back, the, uh, the background of why the team mascot is, but I will say this. The Rocky Stadium Coors Field is known for like the thin air and just, you know, they, it's really hard for pitchers to like have effective careers out there because um, just the ball just flies out the ballpark like no other part because of the, the thin air and that, you know, it's above sea level to that degree. So, you know, just by, I, I know, I don't know why the team mascot is named Dinger, but maybe the, the propensity for how many home runs get hit. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but, but in the end, man, it, it just, it's just a, it's almost, it's a microcosm of just where we are today at, at society and what we, what we spend time on. I, I'm all, I, I'm all about like, if we can, if we can root out racism, everywhere and get it out of the minds of everyone I th i'm all for it like i say but I, I i don't think it's realistic i think it's one of those things where as time continues to move on you know people with these with these you know different mindsets um that just don't make a whole lot of sense that 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 population becomes less and less as these people die off that is what i truly believe and it's just unfortunate that we're at a point now with this that something that really that in all actuality did not happen and i understand people hearing it in the moment but when you go back and you know when you know all the facts with the mascot name and you actually listen drink i, I I'm, I'm telling you i listened to this one time i didn't need to hear it again because i think it's a waste of time just going ahead and listening over and over i could have done this investigation in literally five minutes because it didn't happen so it's unfortunate and i just think it's no disrespect to you at all, but I think that the question you pose is absolutely ludicrous. Well, you know, I just, you know, some of these questions ain't gonna quite, you know, be a critical <laughs> thinking exercise. Um, if that was, if that was your, if you're trolling me, you did a hell of a job. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, the question was based around, and I, I was trolling a little bit, um, just because. Just like you say, in this day and age, if we don't like it, we just getting rid of it now. And I, you know, when I first seen this, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I thought, I thought the N word was getting slung out there. Once again, I was miseducated. I was misinformed. When I go back and watch the video again, cause first glance, I'm like, wait, what? This dude, what in Colorado? This how they doing it? They still, what is this? 1940s? Like, what we doing here? Then, you know, watch the video again. More information came out. It just so happened the mascot name is Dinger. I said, okay, cool. <clears throat> Once I understood that, I went back and watched the video again, correlated, and like you said, it's pretty clear cut. He's saying Dinger. I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm black. Call me what you want. 
But as I watch the video, I can um, agree with my partner that, yes, I, I, I don't think that guy was trying to be racist. He just got caught up in a bad moment. Now, the reason I asked you about the apology, because, listen, if I'm, um, if, you know, mistakes happen, but if I'm Lewis Brinson, right, and I'm playing, and I just start hearing this out of nowhere, and I'm Lewis Brunson, and I'm in 2021, I might jump to conclusions a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, yo, what's going on, man? Like, what, what is he saying? Is he calling me? All right, cool. Now, I do agree with you as far as the Colorado Rockets go. Listen, could, could you make sure you got all the facts before you, you go in and you kill your own, you like, super fan or whatever he is? Because clearly... Yeah. He's not just your average man. Look where he was sitting at. Right. Yep. Those ain't the cheapest seats in the house. Let's let's call it. Let's keep it real. Right behind home plate. What you said? That's the equivalent of a court side seat in the NBA. Yep. So listen. So the dude ain't stupid. Now I do know that it is people that sit court side in the NBA and they say some things. I got that. But I don't think they say. You know phrases like that on court side. Yeah, they might, you know, call a player a crybaby. They're yeah, not. They might say they're not. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not giving out courtside seats and behind the home plates, home plate seats. You know, homeless people strung out their mind ain't getting no seats. You know what I'm saying? People, and if you sitting in those locations, you got to be aware. You know, and I gotta believe that that you know that guy. It, it takes. It would take us a really disconnected person from like reality to like be that brazen and say something like that. And you brought up another great point um, about this when you watched the video. Cause like I said, I watched it once and I was done, but you said the reaction of the people around him, that there really was no reaction. And you got to believe if like he would, if he, if he was saying the N word, that would have got people's attention and they would have like, they, they would have said something and it would have been evident in the video. Right. So the first time I watched it, I, I focused more on, on what was being said. The second right. time I watched it, right, I, I, I focused on what he was saying. But then I said, okay, let me look at the other people that paid so much money for their tickets that's sitting around him. Because, listen, even if everybody's all white there, because I know people are going to say, well, they're, they're white too, so why would they have a problem with that? Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. I, I tell you right now, I'm black. If I go into a group of white people and I just start saying, yeah, what, what, what's up, niggas? What's up, my nigga? Like, that that would make, and I'm black, that would make all those white people uncomfortable. Why? Because they understand that. Even if they're racist, they understand. That's kind of wild that that dude came over here saying all that. Like, I don't know if that was a setup you're, or what. You're pro- I would, wrong. I'd venture to say at, at the very least, you're probably gonna get some confusion on their faces. Right. <laughs> like, is this dude for real? <laughs> All right, cool. You know what I'm saying? That 2021 COVID. You never know what you're gonna see, right? So, so did you get the vaccine? When I, you, you know what I'm saying, right? Anybody else? You, you, you. Which one you got, Justin? Justin. You look like you got Justin. Justin. But, um, <laughs> with with that said, when I looked at those individuals around him, and they're just looking at the game like normal are they deaf is it that loud in the in the stadium like no clearly they didn't think he was saying anything wrong so when i looked at that and like you said before the show 
that kind of made me feel like, listen, one of two things. Either he's not saying the word at all, or Colorado is racist as hell. One of the two things. Like, <laughs> they, they out here like Mississippi and Alabama back in the 40s or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, they racist as hell. But I had to go with the earlier and saying, hey, I, I, I honestly don't think the fan was trying to be offensive. Now, I want to say something to your point because you made a good point about where where does the fan stand in all of this when the smoke clears, right? Because I can guarantee you they jump to some conclusions as far as, hey, we're going to ban you from the arena. Hey, you can't get seats like that again. Hey, you know you know how you know teams do. Like They start flexing their muscles. They want to show the MLB front office. They want to show the commissioner, hey, we take care of this. We don't condone this. Blah, 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 so they, you know, they overreact. I'm with you. I would like to see a public apology to this man. I'm, like, and this is why I asked you who should issue the apology. But it, I don't care if it's the Colorado Rockets. I don't care if it's, um, uh, I drew a blank on the guy's name. I don't care if it's. Lewis Brinson? There we go. Yeah, I drew, I drew a blank. Lewis, I don't care if it's Lewis Brinson. Um. But somebody need to get this guy, like, a, I really do think a public apology because the thing is this, like, we don't understand what this guy had to go through for the, the next how many ever days because people like myself probably didn't catch the right word on the first time. So now you probably, he on his way out the game, and you probably got people all over him because they think he out here just yelling the N-word. And then on top of that, Ain't no telling how the Colorado Rockets organization like treated him past that. Hey man, you put us in this situation. You know what I'm saying? I do think he deserves a apology. I really do. I, I'm, I really, I like that point. I, I think you got to think about the fan at this point. And then listen, I know it sounds crazy. I know you said the, the question is ludicrous, but at the end of the day, as ludicrous as it is in 2021, it's still yeah. realistic. Right. It's still no, a I, realistic question. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Given the yeah, given the um kind of where we're headed and we're seeing all the the name changes and it's I mean as if that does anything. You know what I'm saying? Like give me the please, please someone do a study out there that can tell me um the effect of changing uh the names of a sporting team and tell me how many uh if that if that uh, leads to a decrease in police brutality, I'd love to see it. I really would. And uh, and just well, you know, wait, wait, hold, hold, hold. now, now let me hold, hold. hold on because I think it's a two sided coin because I, a lot of these name changes seem to have more to do with Native Americans than to do black people. Well, yeah, well, so but I yeah, I mean, and I was just using that as an example. But like, I guess the the better like the better phrasing of what I said would be. Um, show me the study where that uh, leads to, I don't know, more inclusion and it, it, it marginalizes, you know, minorities less, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of what I'm getting I would, at. I, I would say, show me the name change where it brought that city together. That's what right. I sure. Yeah. So, that's a good point. You, you know what I'm and saying? It, like, yeah. When, when, did that make, did that make Washington title? Did that make Cleveland title? Did that make yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm at with it. Like, give give me some tangible, you know, results with this. Cause it it's the like yeah, is the uh, and are and is that, you know, is are those particular cities less racist, bef because they changed the name? You know, 
particularly like Cleveland, you know, but, you know, back to the apology, because I do want to like just give this example to show you kind of what I'm talking about. Let's just say like you on the street and, you know, in a in a kind of crazy world where it's just street justice and you find you find 10, 10 white white folks that have been just, hey, these 10 these 10 white folks said they said some racist thing. We're going to. We, we need to just lay down some justice. And the justice is, I'll borrow one of your terms, the two-piece with the biscuit. So you roll through and you and you lay down the street justice. And then later, you find out, you know, the next day or so, there's like, hey, 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 brother. And we looked into it. It turned out that we was wrong about one of them white folk. They didn't say that. I think it would be incumbent upon you and the rest of the crew to roll back there and be like, hey, we apologize. And I don't know, maybe maybe get some, uh, I don't know, maybe get together and put some money in the collection plate for the medical bills. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm getting at. <laughs> right. Last but not least, y'all know what time it is. It's rapid reactions, a whole lot of topics, a little bit of time. Jay, the floor is yours. All right, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, who turned 30 in March, says he feels like he can play another 15 years, a la Tom Brady. Should we believe Carr can play into his mid-40s like Tom Brady drink? Yeah, he could play into his mid-40s like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, no, not like Tom Brady. Like, if you want to put the age, yes. Skill set, no. So, yeah, I do believe he can play into the 40s as a backup or a third string or whatever the case might be. But like Tom Brady, probably not, folks. Probably not. Don't have that much confidence. Tragic news from college football as 19-year-old Virginia Union freshman defensive end Quandarius Winburn has died after collapse after collapsing during practice over the weekend. Your thoughts, Jay? I think you you know you said it all in the lead in. Like it's it's just simply a tragedy. Uh, you know, it, it, it brings back memories of uh, what happened to uh, Vikings lineman uh, Corey Stringer. That was a couple of decades ago, if I if I remember correctly. Um, it's just something that we would all you know just take a moment and uh, maybe longer than that and just. Uh, just, just, just think about what that means. And I just look back, I'm looking at this and I, I really hope it was just a one-off tragedy. And it was like, it's nothing that we look back and say, all oh, the coaching staff was out of control or just, there was something that, some, that, that someone that was supposed to be taking care of that young man did wrong and led to his death. That's what I, I hope we don't hear about none of that. For agent point guard, Dennis Schroeder is signed with the Boston Celtics for one year, 5.9 million. Drinky turned out a big extension from the Lakers during this past regular season. So how do you assess this latest development? His game matched his thinking capacity. It's piss poor. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. I don't know who Dennis Schroeder thought he was to turn down the extension from the first place. I'm a bet on myself. And now mm. look at you. Look at you. Think about this. You could have signed a contract, right? And you could have been playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James for the next at least two years, right? Instead, now you signed a one-year deal to play with Boston, and you better hope Boston makes some other upgrades, or you ain't going very far with them either. Not with the Nets and the Bucks, and, and hopefully and the 76ers get their act together. It's going to be tough sledding over there. So, listen, he made a very horrible, a very, very horrible mistake. His game didn't live up to expectations. And now his new contract pretty much matches the output that he gave out. It is what it is. Good luck to everything you got going on, Dennis Schroeder. Los Angeles Dodgers superstar outfielder Mookie Betts have been placed on the injury list due to a right hip injury. How concerned 
should Dodgers fans be about this, Jay? Well, I'd say they they, they should be mildly concerned. Um, <laughs> obviously, you obviously the Dodgers are you know a, a different team with Mookie Betts, but I mean this is a team which you, you look at what they what they have and what they had before the trade deadline, and it's one of the most talented teams in baseball, maybe the most talented. And then the trade deadline, you go out and you get even better. You bring in a Max Scherzer to, to be a front of the line starter, along with you know two or three other front of the line stars that you have. And of course, you know the icing on the cake is getting the the, the young gun Trey Turner, who can you know be a, the prototype leadoff man for you. So, I mean, it's it's a blow. And uh, you know Mookie Best has been playing better recently, but uh, if I I don't think this will be something that uh, keeps him out for you know that terribly long. Could be wrong, but uh, they definitely got plenty of talent to uh, to survive this. The Seahawks have cut defensive end Alden Smith because of an off-the-field issue, which once again will put his future in the NFL in a question. Drink, he's now 31 years old. Do you think we see him play, play pro football again? We shouldn't see him play again, but it's the NFL. So, I mean, if he let's say this case gets dropped and he don't get charged, yeah, we'll see him again. But, I mean, I'm going to be real with you. This some um, – what's the cat name? Uh, here, you'll see. This some Greg Harden material right here. Like, what, what – um, what are we doing here? Like, you can't get it together? Yo, Arden Smith was a high pick that went to San Francisco, played a couple of years, then kind of bounced out, got bounced out of the NFL, comes back, kind of redeems itself with Dallas, and then gets in trouble in the very the very same offseason. So it's clear to me that Arden Smith ain't built to be an NFL player. He's not built to be in the NFL um, spotlight. And – I, like I say, the only way we see him play again is if the charges get dropped. But this nonsense, it's time to go and bag him up. Go and get him out the way. Charlotte Hornets GM Mitch Kupchak said his team plans to develop his team's three young centers over the next three seasons and hope that one of one of one of them become a star. What do you think that's what do you what do you think of that strategy, Jay? He he must be really confident in the job security. I didn't even know Mr. Skupchak was still a GM. I hope he checked with Michael Jordan before he like put out the statement like in the next three years. Are you gonna be there in the next three years, Mitch? This 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 sounds like a little bit backwards. This it almost seems like really we're looking at we're spending this much time on like three centers who you know th- two of their names escaping me. I remember the Vernon Carey name. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think Mitch look a little backwards. Are you looking for the next Shaq? Mitch, I don't even think Shaq could play in today's NBA, you know, all that effectively anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not much on this strategy, to be honest. The Pac-12 says its football teams will be subject to forfeitures if a team cannot play to do the COVID-19 cases. It's weird because we got all these vaccines. Anyway, what are your thoughts on that, Drink? I don't – I mean, I like the toughness, but I don't – I just don't think the Pac-12 is the conference that can get away with some bull crap like this, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> even if you had full capacity with the league, I don't know how many people watching it that's not on the um, West Coast. And now you're saying, oh, y'all sick? Oh, USC, y'all sick? Yeah, then y'all forfeit. Oregon, y'all sick, y'all forfeit. I don't know how that's going to work out for the league. I, I mean – Maybe the SEC can pull something like this. Hey, Alabama, uh, you might have to forfeit. Hey, but we still got Georgia and LSU and all these other teams that we can, you know, depend on. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's a smart move by the Pac-12, but I, I kind of like the hammer. I'm not going to lie. I like them dropping the hammer a little bit, but wrong conference. The Colts have extended head coach Frank Wright through the 2026 
And this comes on the heel of GM Chris Ballard's extension, which also runs through 2026. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Jay? Two thumbs up. One of the best one uh, GM head coach combinations in football. Uh, be interesting. Maybe we do a list one of these days on the, the top GM head coach combinations. I think they at minimum top five. And I think good for Jim Ursay for uh, recognizing that and getting these guys locked up. Excellent. Uh, more name image likeness news as Dr. Pepper is part with, partnering with Clemson quarterback DJ Ukulele on their new Fansville ad campaign that will hit screens during the upcoming college football season. What do you think of this drink? I think it's smart by the quarterback. Listen, <clears throat> what other organization hangs around college football more than Dr. Pepper? You know what I'm saying? Every, every year, Dr. Pepper finds a way to slide on in there to get their commercials and do their thing. So I think it's smart. Why not partner up with the number? I feel like the number one sponsor of college football. I, I do. I honestly feel that way about Dr. Pebble. I think it's smart for the quarterback. I think it's smart for Dr. Pebble. Um, I can see them partnering up with more of these quarterbacks to get more. You know, take you know get you know probably two quarterbacks per league uh, per conference. I, I can really see that, and I think it's smart for both sides because we know what Dr. Pepper mean to college football and we know what college football mean to Dr. Pepper. So makes sense to me. Last one. Valparaiso has adopted the Beacons as their new team name. The Beacons, huh? And that will replace the former name, which was the Crusaders. Jay, does this make sense to you? Uh, it's 2021, so I don't think it uh, particularly has to make sense. It is, think of it like this. In, uh, in about 2055, there will be something wrong with the, uh, the, the name Beacons. You know, the, the, there'll be a beacon out there that's just accused of racism somehow. So, you know, we'll have to just deal with that then. But you, you kind of see what's happening. What we're doing is we're just, this is almost an assault on the English language. We're just like just reducing the words that we can say. And, you know, we keep doing that. We're going to be left with like, I don't know. There's not gonna. There's only gonna be so many words we can say. So I think that there are consequences for this that people aren't paying attention to much more than just some. I don't even know where this is. Some random college that made a choice that will, uh, you know, bring more inclusion and diversity or whatever you want to say. Anyways, that concludes today's drink of wisdom. Thanks for joining us this evening. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe, and send us to Dr. Pepper because we love to be sponsored as well. And I'm Jay Watts. And I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we going to do. We going to holler at you until next time, baby.